Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of So What's Up. This episode we're going to be chatting about how to get your employees to champion your brand. I'm with Catherine, Rebecca and Sam today and we're going to be chatting about all things branding and employee engagement. So I think um, this jumped off the back of a conversation that we were having around um, just brands that we liked and how we'd like to work for them and like you see it all the time when people like create I guess like creative branded applications to try and work in the likes of like Gymshark or like Pretty Little Thing and um, I guess how do you then create a brand that is so engaging that your current employees love it but also it helps you to attract talent that will also want to come and live and breathe your brand values. So, Catherine, I hear that you wanted to get the so tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've been here since the very first day. Um, so I did wonder about having the logos tattooed, but, I mean, we've had a few now, so not quite sure how big a tattoo <laughs> that would be. Um, I'd need to leave space for any further logos, wouldn't I? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if anyone else is, is feeling the love, we could all go together. <laughs> don't like needles <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess I'm probably the only one that would be st- strange enough to do that I, I got dared to um have the apple logo tattooed on me so I did <laughs> so an avid apple fan mm. <laughs> I think branding is one of those so isn't it where it's like um, we've spoken about this where like it's hard to sometimes like I guess articulate why you feel like a certain affinity towards certain brands mm. and um Obviously, like I know with brand strategy, like there are ways of, I guess, um, creating those emotions and evoking them. Like Gymshark, for example, leveraged um, like community marketing and they were one of the first to get like influencers to endorse them and um, create that. But now they've grown into this massive brand and um, the owner of Gymshark wants to um, create a brand that will stand up in a hundred years time which I think is which I think is great so he's obviously Mm. got that sort of future vision Mm. and it encaptures a lot of people so um, I think when thinking about like creative applications um, you always see them delivered to like the likes of you know like the biggest names like Rise at Seven or um, Gymshark or like Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, ASOS, a lot of people want to do. And it's just, what is it about these big brands mm. that want, that make people like compelled to want to work for them? Yeah, I suppose it's more than just a logo, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. You know, it's not, that's not going to draw someone in, although it's a big part of it. It's just a whole big behind that I think in terms of like branding your brand is your reputation and I hate it when people just think like that branding is just you know like your color palette and your logo exactly. and your fonts and stuff it's so much more than it that it demeans the entirety of like somebody else's I guess like career and the amount of effort that's actually gone into it mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I think if we go off the basis of like your brand is what people say when you're not in the room which is like what Jeff Bezos says actually there's all that quantifiable stuff mm. it's like your brand's body language and its tone of voice and yeah. all of these things that like um, when you think and your like ethics and all that kind of thing yeah and like your morals and then we're talking about brands that employ hundreds and hundreds of people so how do they get those hundreds and hundreds of people mm. to live the brand i suppose not all of them do no no <laughs> i suppose you've got to work out why why the people that do do and why the people that don't don't (laughs) and then don't hire the people that don't (laughs) yeah but then they might be the kind of people that would never be fully on board with anything 
just yeah. a job's a job. They just turn up, do what they need to do, and leave again, and don't think anything more of it. Whereas you've got other people that, you know, eat, sleep, breathe what they're doing. Yeah, I think, but there's something about these brands, and we use Rise at Seven earlier as like a great example. They have people that a lot of their marketing actually they don't really market themselves as an agency and the stuff that they do is created by their actual team so they have ridiculously engaged employees mm. that are creating content for them they're coming up with ideas they're talking to people on LinkedIn and engaging with them they're building their personal brands and ultimately it all comes back to getting more clients and to rise at seven mm. and it's the same with Gymshark as well like they have like a on-site gym and like it's great and they get people to like create videos and stuff like I follow some people on YouTube that like work in their operations team and like their IT team and um, they're always creating videos and creating content around what it's like to work at Gymshark and I think things like that one help you attract the best talent but also as well help you get people want to buy from your brand because they Mm -hmm. see how you treat people yes Mm -hmm. certainly for me if um you know, they've got, I don't know, bad press as it were, but, you know, they don't treat their staff well or they don't treat their customers well and the whole package is just a bit the Then it does put you off. Yeah, it's like the Brewdog thing that came out recently. Yeah, yeah um, bef- before that, sorry. Yeah, they would have been, like, a really, like, held in high esteem of, like, people really want to work for that for that company. But now, since then, it's kind of a bit of murky water now based on what people have come out and said about, about them. Well, I've not heard this. Oh, have you not? No. About two months ago, was it? This like massive open letter came out, and yeah. you know, it was basically like it's a really toxic work culture. And oh wow, I can't remember the details of it. But yeah, like just calling out like a lot of the things that they've said they've done in the past as well, and kind of like on on first glance you might think, oh yeah, that's really good, but then mm. as you delve down deeper into that, it's like, well, they did this, but not all of what they said they were going to do. Right. It's worth it's worth all. Um, <coughs> It's worth a look into because mm. uh, it was like a, a collective of employees that all got together wow. to do it. So it's not just like one. Yeah, not just one, one disgruntled person. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Brewdog had to then address address what was said as well. Mm. So I suppose then as a company grows, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff can happen, can't it, without necessarily meaning it to. I mean, I don't yeah. know obviously what it's about, um, but it could be something that just kind of spiralled out of control without intent. I don't know. I've got that issue, haven't you, with things? Yeah, I think that's where, like, I guess a lot of it comes down to effective leadership and stuff. Because I feel like sometimes, and this is just from, like, leaders that I've known and um, companies that I've worked for and at, like, the ones where I felt the most engaged were where, like, the directors have kind of, like, open-door policies and you're Mm -hmm. able to go and, like, talk to them and, like, they treat you like people and, like, they actually make an effort to, like, come and talk to you. Yeah. I remember like when I got my first bonus when I worked in recruitment like the managing director of well the associate director of the firm took me out for lunch and like my manager took me out for drinks and everyone congratulated me and it was like they really like they made me feel like they were really proud of me and that was nice and then another aspect of it was because I worked for um, a corporate recruitment firm it was like one of the oldest ones pretty much in the world Hmm. and um they had their own set processes and um, I remember them saying to us one day like there were four graduate intakes that they took on they were like we feel like we've almost turned you into corporate robots like you all talk in the same (laughs) way now and you all like um, do stuff whereas like we were working in sales and a big part of what they wanted in the recruitment process was 
to bring people in with big personalities that mm-hmm. you know like were engaging and could talk and I remember like part mm-hmm. of the recruitment process for that it was like a full day thing that like I had to go to there was like over 2,000 people that applied for like that graduate wow. intake and only four of us got it and I got the job because my manager told me afterwards because they made us do this task where you had to pick who you wanted to throw out of a hot air balloon and everyone else wanted to save Mother Teresa and I wanted to save Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) Obviously, um, (laughs) in Leeds, (laughs) that's not what you choose. Mm. But because I was adamant that I was not throwing Margaret Thatcher out of the hot air balloon Mm -hmm. and... um, like people were attacking me personally and uh, not like physically but like verbally <laughs> saying that like I was a Tory and stuff and mm-hmm. um, it was I just kind of laughed it off and I was like no Margaret Thatcher did more for the world than Mother Teresa did <laughs> feel free wow. to debate me on this <laughs> I think that's another, I, I another day <laughs> but like they actively hired people for their big personalities and like their Mm. tenacity and like the way that they'd like try and stick up for what they fought and like their resilience levels Mm -hmm. but then they bring them through this like intense 13 week training and by the end of it we were completely different people we were like talking in corporate speak like the tiktoks that you see now like using phrases like circling back to this (laughs) (laughs) and that's i'd never used that phrase before yeah, I, I don't know if it's as I've got older, but I can't imagine wanting a job that much to do that. <laughs> I, I just I like just to win. Said, do you know what? Nah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think want in a room that. of 2,000, I would assume I've lost it before I've even started. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a bit like, oh, sorry, if you don't want me, then, I, I, you know, I haven't got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's just one of those, isn't it? It's a really competitive thing, and I think it's your first job out of uni. It's always, yeah. like, quite a big thing, and the normal thing is that you bend over backwards to get a job. Definitely. And, yeah. um, I think with graduate programmes like that, it was always going to be super intense because you're working for a massive brand, and mm. their sales training genuinely was second to none like I'm so glad that they put me through it Mm. and it's one of those where like they but from me it was like they wanted these people with like these certain characteristics that would have made great salespeople. like the resilience is there the determination is there but then their brand is super super corporate Mm. and I'm not being funny like I'm not the most corporate of people like I have to remind myself not to swear sometimes Mm. yeah (laughs) and it's it's just a mismatch of like personalities and I think mm. it's where like well sometimes the personalities that you need for the role to be effective mm-hmm. aren't actually what make your brand effective or like come across in your brand mm, it's a difficult one yeah it is and I think with that one I felt engaged because of the leadership there not because I believed in the brand or anything in fact the brand was so bland and dry mm. that I don't like they would they have like the tagline and stuff it was like um work happy or something like that see I can't even remember it so it was super it was great then, yeah. <laughs> yeah but like I was engaged because we went to the pub most nights and um yeah. it was I can see that <laughs> <laughs> it was fun and like it was a young atmosphere and it was like bouncy and vivacious and like there was a sense of competition and I love mm. showing up to work every day yeah. and working the 14 hours that I had to work but then that's the thing like it's saying like before, like looking at big brands like your ASOS, Pretty Little Thing, Gymshark, saying, oh, I want to work for them. But then maybe looking at the recruitment place, you think it's quite dry, it's 
quite yeah. corporate, it's quite boring, then actually mm. you get in there and it's like, oh, this yeah. is completely different. Whereas It does depend on who you work with yeah. as well, doesn't it? A lot of it, you know. Yeah. I've worked with some awesome people in the past, but if it, you know, the job itself, I probably would have hated if it weren't for the people. Mm. I think that's, there's so many different components and stuff as well. Like if you're thinking of like us as a brand as well and like how to engage different people, mm. we have web developers like we've got people that work in marketing, we've got designers, we've got like people that work like front of house admin. Mm-hmm. They all have different personality traits to mm-hmm. suit their actual jobs. Mm. So how do you actually create a brand that encompasses all of those and people want to show up and like work for it every single day? And like myself and John have been doing a lot of work into this and how we want to like position ourselves with the rebrand and stuff that we're doing. And it's been it's been challenging because you want everyone to feel a part of it and Mm -hmm. you want everyone to like enjoy coming into work and we've been looking at like the internal perks and stuff that we've been doing too and it's always been one of my things that I've had jobs before now you know where come to a Sunday night and I'd be in tears because I just didn't want to go to work on Monday and was that the brand or the place (laughs) (laughs) it's the weirdest thing you know on paper it was the perfect job and I'd have had an awesome career there and I still don't know what it was which is really bizarre um and I even I I'll even still have dreams about it now and it was years ago um but I would hate I would ha- genuinely hate anyone to feel like that here yeah yeah um, so I would do anything I could to stop that and I hope that people would mention it if they felt like that um but I don't, yeah I don't know how you would necessarily stop that with just the brand I don't, I don't know I think branding's one of those as well because it's like um a brand isn't like a a certain thing like if if you mention like Gymshark me Rebecca Sam and you would all think very different things mm-hmm. so like if we played like a quick word association game which I'm not going to spring on you right now <laughs> I <don't> know, <laughs> might say like leggings I might say like um I know sports bra Sam might say like um protein powder and you might say like influencer marketing like something yeah is different and it all springs to mind so therefore then logically if every single person has a different perception of your brand in their head they've essentially created like an illusion that they then want to go and work for in their head of a company that might not actually be true Mm -hmm. i think with brands as well there are so big and everyone knows them your asos and all that mm. people already feel like they know them they already feel like yeah. they've got a relationship with them mm. they follow them on social media they know what they do internally mm. so they feel like they already know what it is like to work there but as we all know with social media they only show the best bits well, yeah um and you already feel like yes this is a place for me to work and i know i want to work there but you don't actually know until you step up through the door not at all no I think that's why Jim Shark seems so appealing as well to so many because Ben Francis, the guy who obviously owns it, he's such a forward-facing, out in the social spaces mm. more more now. I say in recent years as well, it's the same like Stephen Bartlett or whatever. You, you see them as obviously the brand as well, even though mm. um, Ben isn't like he's hired people that, to be hired in him now. So he's he would he always considers himself to be an employee just of Jim Shark rather than yeah, like yeah, the yeah. the directs or whatever. I quite um, like that. Yeah, but obviously people buy into to him first and then obviously that's and if you've got like an interest say obviously in gym wear and sports and stuff like that, that will obviously always help. Mm. And then I think after that is when 
you start to see the job obviously for what it is then and then turning up to that job and wanting to work there all the time mm-hmm. is something a little bit different is, yeah. to, to me yeah I think you've kind of like hit the nail on the head there it's almost like um I always had the thing where like I'd say to whoever like I'm not choosing a company to work for so I don't have like a dream company to work for like Mm -hmm. how some people do. I've always thought I want to choose a boss to work for Mm -hmm. and that way then like that relationship that I have with whoever's going to be like managing me directly one because I want to see if they actually can manage me. (laughs) Um, I mean that's no mean feat is it? (laughs) (laughs) But like I want to I can be quite like a challenging person. It's not because like I think it's my way or the highway. It's because I genuinely want to to do the best or the most efficient thing. So I need someone that can manage me in that way. Mm. And I've chosen a boss that I thought I could work for really well in the past. And actually that turned out to not be a great relationship because they weren't the type of person that could actually like take on feedback very well and um, would work with you to like resolve solutions. Like they'd try and make you out to be the problem. Mm. And Whereas like in other places they have where actually like I didn't come here because I wanted like I chose James and Rich to be the boss. I I wanted to work here because like it was a step up. Mm -hmm. And then when I actually met them and realized that actually I'd be spending a lot of time with these guys and they think in completely different ways to me. Mm -hmm. That was when I thought actually this could be interesting. You can learn from that. Yeah. And then it's weird the job that I've not chosen the boss in is the job that I've actually probably learned and excelled in the most. Mm. And I think sometimes it's like when people have these like preconceived ideas and you can yeah. be t- you can be taught things like that at like um, uni, I guess like job fairs and stuff, like make sure you always like know what relationship you're going to be having with like your superiors and stuff. That's going to be your most integral part of mm. you progressing or not. Um, actually, I don't believe that's true anymore. So sometimes mm-hmm. I think people get these ideas in their heads and then it's not even like that. No, it's difficult, isn't it? A lot. I mean, I didn't go to university, so I missed out on certain things like that. But I, I you didn't miss out on much. The guidance I, was a bit shy. Do you know, I think mm-hmm. that now, and I've, I've seen some people and things that they say about it, and I think, do you know what? You'd have been better off in the real world. Yeah. Because you've just hidden away for a bit longer and... and you know, obviously, if you're going to be a, a surgeon or something, I'd quite like you to go to university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are certain things I just think, well, actually, just go and do it. Yeah. And I know that's a bit of a scary option, but I don't know. It's, I don't know. Sometimes I just think it's better, isn't it? And then you, you learn more, don't you, like from other people and other people's experiences and the experiences you then have, rather than just being sat in front of a, a lecture. From somebody yeah. who potentially hasn't ever been in the real world themselves. Yeah, you could say four years, watch a YouTube tutorial, and then do open heart surgery. It'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? I don't think I'm going to try that. I think um, <laughs> I think I struggle to comment on stuff like this because I studied English literature, which isn't like I mean, let's be honest, I did it because I enjoyed it. There was really no purpose yeah. to that degree. Like, if anything it taught me to think in a conceptual way and I Mm -hmm. think that's probably one of the reasons why I do think differently to a lot of people that have probably studied something that is so Mm -hmm. like linear like marketing for example like me and you Rebecca we think completely differently and that's why we work super well as a team and it's 
I think me being able to learn to think in that way has probably helped me more than any other guidance that I got from university. Mm-hmm. And yeah. whereas, like, I guess you actually got taught like marketing theory, and I don't know, I've never, mm-hmm. I've not studied marketing yeah. at uni, so I, I wouldn't even know if that would be useful. Mm. Yeah, it was my degree was really good, but then I chose to do a sandwich year because I was like, it's all well and good knowing this stuff how do I do this stuff? Yeah. You can know everything behind it, but then you get into a job and someone says, do this, and you go, I don't know how. I can tell you why. (laughs) Pretty different, yeah. Yeah. So going out into a company and working there for a year whilst I was at uni and actually realising, right, this is what my job could be, I don't like doing that, and I really love doing that, Mm. was really, really helpful. And then in my third year, I went back and you could tell the difference... Not that I'm saying you need experience, but you could tell the difference between people who'd done a placement mm. and people who'd not. Yeah. Because there was that different way of thinking of like, is this actually doable? Yeah. Or can I do that? Or would I be able to do that in the real world? Yeah. Because in uni, there's no budget. There's no exactly. time <laughs> yeah. scale. There's no... You've got no customer money. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so it was good, but the experience definitely, definitely helped. Mm. I think with that then, do you think sometimes that these people that create these like um, amazing like jobs, um, like these job, I guess, um, applications for the brands where it's like, um, I don't know, the only thing I can think of is because this is what I would do if I ever wanted to work at Fortnum and Mason, I'd create a hamper for them with like my CV details on there. So yeah, we'll use yeah. that as an example. Yeah. Like, um, do you think those people have ever actually got any practical experience or uh, do you think they're the type of people where it's like actually they've created this illusion of work and I think a lot of the time when you are really super interested in something you almost do create this kind of like illusion of like the perfect job or Mm. like that sort of thing they've not quite tasted the real world maybe I mean I I think it's really important to have to show that creative side too because I think I've seen some of them rise at seven you think oh my word the skill and the time that has gone into creating that is amazing Mm. but I think people tend to not really talk about the mundane rather yeah shall we say vanilla jobs that you have to do every day just to get your job done like how much of our job is admin at the moment yeah (laughs) you have to sit and just type schedule next one but all of that comes together and Mm. you do get the end result but there are them steps that I think sometimes people aren't aware of. They think yeah, they're just going to work in these big companies that everything will be creative. You'll all be sat around a massive table, yeah, and like something you see on a film. Or, yeah, yeah, it's always going to be fun. Where there's a lot of your job sometimes is just yeah. sometimes it is just a job that you've yeah. got to get through. Yeah. yeah, it's like the idea of working for Formula One. Sounds really interesting, but our Formula One going to want a web developer and. Dubai in, in three weeks' time. I'm going to say no. <laughs> no. We'll see. I think it's something that, like, obviously with the brand and everything, um, coming back to that, we, I've worked in companies before where, like, um, they've put their brand values and um, then you've been kind of, like, marked on how you do them. And, like, I can remember... <laughs> I think this just gives an insight into my personality more than anything. Mm. Um, one company I worked at, their brand value was trusted. They wanted you to be like a trusted person. Mm-hmm. So for other people to trust you. Right. And um, my argument was, 
I cannot control if other people trust me. I oh, can no. be trustworthy, but yeah. I can't control if I'm trusted. Yeah. Oh, and no, um, that, you know, you don't know that person, what they think about things yeah. or their exactly. previous interactions with other people mm. and what went wrong or whatever it might be. You might look like someone who they can't trust. Mm. Yeah. Well, nothing to do with it. <laughs> they can trust you. <laughs> and if you've had a bad experience, you're much more likely to be reluctant into trusting exactly. again. Yeah. 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 So. And I think like that was my whole thing, and it was like in my um, in my review, like they would say like um, I always scored really high on it. It's not like that I ever <laughs> was like <laughs> Chelsea is a dishonest person. If anything, it is the opposite <laughs> to a frightening degree. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, my argument was I cannot control that. So how can you mark me on something that's yeah. like not in my control? And I'm so glad that you guys agree with me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but. Um, Anyway, um, to basically create a point, like it's like things like that where like you're almost marked in your appraisals on like random words that just like aren't in your control. I think mm. does branding a disservice. Whereas mm. like um, with it's the pointless, isn't it really? Yeah, a little bit pointless. Very infuriating. Mm. <laughs> and um, what I wanted to try and do with um, John was like when we did this because I do think. I guess creating like a framework of like desirable traits that you'd like people to showcase externally to the world. We wanted people to like actually learn how to put them into action. So we have like the the words like courage or lead or unite, but we've like tried to um I guess ex- extrapolate on them a little bit and say like um for example, unite, like no one is bigger than the team. Like we all muck in, we all do what needs to be done mm-hmm. and we stay together as a collective mm-hmm. and no one is better than anybody else. So for example, like, um, I don't know, John, who's like creative director, um, has the same like level of autonomy as Tiago, who's like the web support apprentice mm-hmm. because we all work as a cohesive ecosystem and then, like the um, the lead, it's like you um, you can't like take ownership over over like the I guess the the positive if you're not willing to take ownership of like the negative as well. Like you have yeah. to own everything that Definitely. you do. Mm-hmm. And if you um, if you spot a problem, we all jump in and solve it. And it's mm-hmm. like creating like a, I guess like actionable things for people in the brand instead of just like really woolly. I don't know things like let's hope people trust me. like that's I think that's where sometimes branding can come down I think when I worked at Alton Towers um, we had one where it was like um, we do it all for the love of fun and like you'd Mm. be I guess like I get appraised on like how fun you make things and um, whereas like actually I wanted my team to be efficient but also as well like you have to like make work fun for them so we'd come up with like fun incentives and stuff and um there are certain things you just can never make fun surely yeah like yeah. I moaned out all day but <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a challenge <laughs> but like it's one of those I guess where it's like with branding like how do you actually engage people and um it's like we see it now with like clients and stuff that we have like um some teams are super engaged and they mm-hmm. can't like you cannot stop them from sending you content oh, yeah. on a weekly yeah. basis it's, it's it makes your job so much easier when you've mm. got people who are really passionate and engaged in their industry because i find it difficult a lot of the time creating content i'm i'm not in that industry mm. i don't know what's going on it's not your ex- area of expertise it's no. theirs isn't it but yeah I can I can find out stuff. It'll just take me a little bit longer, yeah. but they've already got the knowledge. So when clients send us stuff and their employees 
the wider team send us um, blogs or even articles on just a topic, it makes it so much easier mm. and you can tell yeah. that they're passionate about something. They might say to us, this is really time sensitive or this is happening yeah. right now. And you think, right, okay, I can get it done now then. Yeah. Um, because there's that enthusiasm coming from them. Yes, like enthusiasm, like positivity, but also the sense as well that they are, they're building that brand and they're a part of building that brand and um, like they want to have fun with it. So for example, like um, we do the content for um, a legal firm and um, one of the guys there um, sent us <laughs> like a, a, a quite a dry article to be fair and then he was like actually let's make it a little bit more fun and like call yeah. it santa's naughty and nice list yeah. and like it's <laughs> it's great because it's like one you get like the level of fun with it it makes like something that's actually just like a legal news article a little bit more fun yeah and then two it's like actually that person really gets marketing like they want to have fun with it and they want to work with us and they're actually using us how I wanted these services to be designed like mm -hmm. as an extension of their team yeah. and um, it's nice it's like um, other clients that we have as well like um, they come to us for like suggestions and we'll always like be there to bounce ideas around with them because while like Rebecca said we're not experts in their industry mm. we're experts in getting your industry mm, seen yeah. online <laughs> yeah exactly and it's just a different skill set that like not everyone needs to employ in-house and it's nice when we almost feel like we're a part of like our brand but we're also building like these other brands up yeah whereas like you compare that to other people that like just don't get marketing and mm. like trying to draw like any sort of like creative idea from the world trying to even action any marketing yeah. is difficult and it's time consuming and then it's like not a fun experience for everyone all around and yeah. it's like you, you're almost like in my head I don't I don't know how to explain this but like whenever I see a brand I just see how much potential a brand could have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if like yeah. we apply you know like the frameworks of like good content marketing great social media marketing good PR good digital infrastructure and then go into the actual business and like what are the processes for this what are the like what's the team set up what's the culture like and I think that's one word that actually we probably should have mentioned mm -hmm. a lot sooner in this culture and branding is yeah. just super important and they go together hand in hand and you can tell walking into a company which ones have good cultures and which ones don't just by how engaged they actually are in the marketing yeah, I think if you go in and everyone looks half dead and, and like they're just clock watching and they can't wait to just leave and they're just thinking about the weekend, that's that's not a great sign, is it? I mean, I know we all have days like that. <laughs> you know, that's not, you know, I'm not stupid, I know that. But, you know, you want somebody that actually want, has an interest in what they're doing and a passion for the brand. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, you can have people that are passionate about jobs, and I think what we were talking about earlier, but it's like, what makes this person want to work for this specific brand? Mm. Because you could go and get that job anywhere else. Yeah. It's like, how many marketing agencies are there in Stoke? Like, literally in a 20-mile radius, let's go with We should probably 50. actually look at that, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An exact figure. Yeah, but like, let, let's say there's 50. Yeah, yeah. Why do... Why do you want to be a marketing exec here? Why do you want to be a web developer mm. here? Yeah. Because we... Like well, really? maybe, maybe you don't, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But like really, really, that's another day. Yeah, <laughs> as like I don't know, as someone who's like the marketing manager and like the brand champion here, mm. I want people that are invested in the brand. Yeah, 
because that way then it makes a company much more easier to market and engage people externally if the internal people are actually engaged they feel like they're a part of the brand and I think for me as well it's feeling part of the team as well yeah um I think if you don't feel part of the team that doesn't help yeah um so I do think that's an important thing it's like the culture and branding isn't it go hand in hand yeah I think sometimes like because you talk about like having like these visionary brands and like so Gymshark Ben Francis is almost like a visionary leader he's thinking about 100 years from now he Mm. puts the brand before himself like when he stepped down as CEO and got someone else to do that role because he didn't feel like he could do it to the best of his ability Mm. that's great leadership yeah it also inspires people as well to get to do their part in making that so obviously that's an end goal you would say in say in 100 years time especially speaking in the present day but obviously people you know inspire people who already work there who want to then play their part in making yeah. that journey possible that's as well it, and be part of the history of it yeah yeah i think it's i love heritage brands like they're probably my favorite type of brands to work with like give me a heritage brand over a startup anyway any day just what age would you have, would it be to be classed as heritage i probably go anything over 50 years got a way to go yet then. <laughs> <laughs> but also but to be fair actually in our industry when i guess um, and i do know the exact figures on this most market well digital marketing agencies you don't get many that are over six years old really so actually yeah. we'd probably be technically classed as a digital heritage brand like but nice. i'm talking about ones that have been <laughs> around and like been yeah i guess like they've seen a lot and like they've had to go through like all of the digital transformation and um, they usually have like I guess that that mix of like old-fashioned values and um, like a new wave of like delivering business and it's just interesting to me because it's like history meets like present day and innovation and I love history and how then do you I guess keep the keep the essence of that brand yeah but attract people now in the modern way of life and it's just fascinating to me i don't actually have the answer (laughs) well it's just always changing isn't it that's the thing yeah Um, and to have a business like say a heritage business that's managed to survive all the different things you know different times different you know even wars things you know yeah all sorts of things obviously now the plague as well Um, (laughs) yeah it's it's quite fascinating to be fair I think, like, looking back over, like, some of my favourite brands, like, obviously, um, like, Fortnum and Mason's is up there. I see the Royal Family as a brand, though, so, like, uh, that's probably one of my favourite brands, if I'm being completely honest. (laughs) Um, Just, yeah, anything like that. And then you've got, like, the new wave ones coming through, but that are, I guess, um, a hark back to that old-fashioned brand, Mm. like Cambridge Satchel. That's not actually that old. And No, it's not, is it? They just make them in the old way. Mm. Yeah. Or at least they did when they first started coming out. Are they out. about the same age as us? Around about, yeah. Mm. And um, I guess things like that, really. Um, but it's just some brands speak to people's emotions in different ways. Yeah, definitely. So I think in terms of then employee engagement and branding, um, we don't actually have answers for you. We've just got... <laughs> um, yeah, we've just got it, off on a few tangents. <laughs> it's what actually works for your brand, though, and because every single brand is different... 
Um, I think to sum it up, recruitment process is incredibly important and actually knowing what your brand stands for and what you actually want to achieve with your brand and then recruiting the right people with the right skill set but also the right attitude Mm -hmm. that will live those brand values for you and to be fair there's not really much more to it than that just having the right people that believe in the same cause and the same vision as you and then x i guess explaining that brand in a way to others externally so you can attract the people that you actually want to and we can overcomplicate it but really in essence great recruitment knowing your brand having really good communication when you're actually communicating your brand to other people both internally and externally Mm -hmm. and always leading with that why you want to do it yeah and if, and if you're not going to get it tattooed, then you're not serious enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll keep you updated with how's um, how Catherine's um, series montage is going. Yeah, I think you've started something now. <laughs> but no, maybe what we should do is uh, we'll get all of the logos of clients that we have. Oh, <laughs> oh no, because there's over two thousand, isn't yeah, there? Maybe, maybe not. not. No. <laughs> you're more than welcome to if you if you ask. If I you don't want like to. needles. Uh, that was more of a we as in like the royal we as in Rebecca uh, will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nominated. <laughs> we can get some of the 70 pm ones you just put on with like water. Yeah, and that yes. way then if yeah. they ever leave, then we can take yeah. them off. That's an idea for when customers come in, isn't it? They can come in and we've all got a tattoo of their logo. Yeah. Look how committed we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you have any questions around um, how to engage your employees or to create a, bland, a brand that will um, engage people and want them to come and work for you, we, we're full. We're full of ideas. So just get in touch with us at hello at so marketing.com. <laughs>